Good morning and welcome to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. And can I just say happy birthday to the Queen? Oh, yes. We love the Queen's birthday here <laughs> because it means a public holiday. It is a day off for most of us, I want to say. And we also are having a day off. Yes. Which means we're not here. No. You we- are going to be listening to the favourites today. Yeah. Uh, without us. Yeah. We recorded this last week and we hope that you enjoy Monday of favourites. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day. That was Melissa Otto with Blue Sky. Your favourite there, Mon? Yes, indeed. I love that song so much. I like a lot of our songs on our show. It's really great stuff. Yeah. So, what have we got for our quiz today? 
I am going, oh, I'm debating whether or not to do a hard one or an easy one. We've done a lot of hard ones lately. Do an easy one for a Do an easy one? Yeah, do an easy okay, one. Okay, okay. Uh, but you do have to warn me if this one has been done before while I was sick, okay? You're really freaked out about that, aren't you? I, I don't know why no, I am. None of, none of them have been done yet. No, because I, when I was here before my sick week, um, they were a bit mixed up and there were a lot, of, lot on the top of the pile that had been done before. So, uh, But because I'd done them all, I knew which ones they were. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Let's do a who am I? So who am I out of the Bible? This is a Bible character. And the first clue is, <clears throat> I said, should I drink the blood of those men who went at the risk of their lives? And this is an easy one. This is an easy one. That's a kind of obscure. Yeah, I know the answer to it. <laughs> Should I drink the blood of these? It's a very famous person. Who very famous? Who went at the risk of their lives? One of the most famous Bible characters, I reckon. Do you reckon? Yeah, probably one of the most famous. Yeah. And okay, I'll give you another clue. Mm-hmm. This person was not was about one quarter non-Israelite. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge help, thanks, Lyle. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, most of the big he- most of the big heroes of uh, of the Bible are Israelite or of Israelite descent. Uh huh. Um, but this one is about one quarter. It's about three quarters Israelite. That's all. Okay. Well, so he's sort of like a um, he was a, he was mixed race. Oh, okay. Yeah, which okay. makes him interesting as a as a as a as a Israelite hero because mm-hmm. he's one of the greatest Israelite heroes. He but he was mixed. Is. He was mixed race. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Mm, how about that? Mm. It's a bit like you, aren't you? A bit mixed race. Yeah. I'm, I'm, who's not mixed race? You, well, you're pure German. Well, but. yeah. I don't know how far back though. <laughs> yeah. So um, um, I'm 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 a hodgepodge of uh, uh, sort of British. Western European and Sri Lankan. Yeah, that's where you get your um, everlasting tan from, hey? It's the best. <laughs> no need for Those sunshine. Indian jeans are the best. They just, um, yeah. Well, if you know who it is that we're talking about, which Bible character that is, you can give us a call. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. You can text if it's easier, 0491-064-669. Message us on Facebook if you'd like to, Faith FM Australia. And we'll send you the prize which today I think it should be the Faith FM t-shirt. Okay. Yeah, Faith FM t-shirt. It's Faith really FM cool. t-shirt coming your way. It's a very cool t-shirt. Yeah, very nice t-shirt. Now, Lyle, I have some good news for you. Do you know a supermodel by the name of Natalia Vodinova? No. Okay. She's a, I don't think I know any supermodels. I'm sure you do, like Elle McPherson, Sydney yeah, Crawford. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, they're yeah. sort of um, more like, my era, though, from when yeah, I was 20 yeah, years mm-hmm, old. And mm-hmm. So this is like, you know, one of the younger Aware ones. of supermodels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of the younger supermodels, Natalia Vodinova. She's a Russian, um, Russian supermodel. And um, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about a supermodel this morning. But, you know, I, I guess a lot of us would sort of associate modeling with sort of a vacuous, I don't know, maybe you know, personality, but this young lady is actually uh, an app developer, an investor and a philanthropist. And I actually caught attention of this um, because I downloaded an app yesterday through my app store and came across uh, this article. She's developed an app called LB, um, which aims to turn you into a philanthropist. can't even say it anymore. A philanthropist. A philanthropist, yes. No, a philanthropist. Philanthropist. Yes, not a philanthropist. Philan- th- yeah, thanks. I can't say, I can't <laughs> say throth either. <laughs> um, so, so it's an app that changes your personality. 
Well, no. From being a uh, stinge. (laughs) It enables you to give because, you know, I think we all think to ourselves, if I ever won the lottery or came into a lot of money or inherited like a million dollars from a rich aunt or something like that, I too would become a philanthropist, right? We also think we would would like to be. Yeah, and everybody who does inherit that kind of money doesn't. Not everybody, but most. Yeah. A lot. But and, And we certainly like to think that we would do charitable good things, but we sort of attribute philanthropy to rich people, right? But she's made this app which makes it something that everyone can do. And um, and it's actually really cool. So it's a You know the, the typically the most philanthropic people are poorer people. Really? Oh, absolutely. If you want to uh, go collecting for um charity, mm-hmm. don't go to a rich suburb whatever you do. Oh, really? There's a reason why they're rich because they never give anything away. About that. You go to the poorer suburbs where people don't have anything, and they, they will give you the shirt off their back. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, you, you, your average bogan suburb um, here in Australia is just, you know, the most generous place on the planet. Ah, that's very interesting yeah. to know. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this is an app that she's developed along to, um, along with her friend Timona Finsky, <clears throat> who is a former Google employee. And uh, and it's actually aimed to encourage to make people um to, to p- for people to make micro donations so like one dollars five dollars ten dollars and um, and this is they do it by, by pressing a love button um and this builds up love coins and they can actually spend it in the love shop so it's all about you know sharing the love spreading the love and so what do you buy in <laughs> what do you buy in the love well shop? because she's a supermodel she has access to like you know qu- clothes and fashionable items and accessories and that kind of thing so by donating actual cash you sort of like earn points mm-hmm. um but she said you know presumably you earn less points than you donate because if it was equal points to donating then that's just like shopping out not donating well, at all she said the the algorithm as to how you earn the points is a little bit different because people would usually think oh the more money you give the more the more more points you get and therefore the more clothes you can buy and all these mm-hmm. like fashionable um you know they're all like these sort of exclusive items that you know only supermodels have access to mm-hmm. you know because you know she works in that industry and people donate them to her okay and uh, and so she puts them up you know ah uh, so this is these are items that are donated yeah right yeah and these and they're all like pretty pretty flash stuff and not, not okay that kind of makes sense yeah but the thing is because you know she wants this to be something that is uh, a movement in among among young people among like kids right um because you know kids are online shopping all the time like they're very savvy these days and so she she's aiming at sort of at the younger generations so she's actually capped it so you can't donate more than 10 US dollars per day um f- at for each of eight causes mm-hmm. so 80 bucks is the most you can do a day and uh, you don't actually get more love coins um for for giving like a ton of money Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's more about like continual giving. So if every day you're just, you know, oh yeah, I'll give $5 a year and then every day, oh, $5 a year. And then like, you know, over a month you'll have more coins than someone who like just came on and just dropped a stash of money and then left. So it's to encourage, you know, continu- regular, yeah, regular, consistent, regular, consistency, yeah. turning you into a philanthropist. That's actually a biblical principle. Isn't that great? Consistent, and- consistent giving rather mm-hmm. than just one big, dump here and there is a biblical principle. You know, Paul told uh, the disciples at Corinth, you know, when he was collecting um, he was collecting, you know, disaster relief goods for Palestine mm-hmm. to every Sunday put yeah. something aside to store it aside in their home. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so that he said, so there be no gatherings when I come, to quote the old English. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that if he arrived up arrived there and everybody just sort of dumped in, a, you know, just a one big one-off 
um, donation, it would be great, but it wouldn't be that great. But if everybody put something small aside and they stored it in their home each week when it came, it would be a much bigger and more effective uh, way of giving. Exactly. So this supermodel has discovered yeah. a biblical principle. <laughs> An old biblical principle. And, you know, I think it's great because, um, you know, with encouraging to do it like smaller amounts continuously, it, it really will change people because, you know, it's the habits that we do every day, the little ones that become our character, that become our personality. And, uh, and I think, you know, people just dropping a large amount of money one off is i guess it's you know it's a bit like the pharisees in the bible who like would do like one big act and then talk about it in the street corner and talk about how great i am how great i am so this is this is nice because you know like bragging about donating five dollars is you know who would do that Mm. you know so i i really like what they've done and um and this is actually not her first charity either um this vodinova chick she has a nickname they call her the supernova because you know supermodel and her last name's vodinova um so when she was uh in her early 20s she also set up a uh, a charity called naked heart foundation um which built more than 190 play areas for children in deprived areas of russia and it, um, it's specifically for kids, like you know, with disabilities, and, uh, and you know, and it seeks to change attitudes towards disabilities because uh, her sister is um, severely autistic. So it's amazing what people can do when they set their mind to it. Um, you know, building a, a charitable app is—I it never would have even have occurred to me to do something so. I don't know, at the front of technology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like when I think of like charity, I think of like you know. You think of a charitable app, it's like, oh, I just uh, put an app together where people can, uh, you know, click a button and money goes somewhere and, hey, that's done. But she's done actually done it in a really, really cool way. Yeah, and an access to the entire world. Like, you know, mm. we can go out door knocking, but that's only like one street, one suburb, one country really. So, yeah, have a look at the LB app. It's spelled E-L-B-I. Maybe you'd like to donate. Uh, we're going to have a song break. This is Jaden Lavick. This is My Father's World. And I hope you have a good think about where you can maybe donate something recently. Father's word Oh, the battle 
Show me all I truly have 
Breakers and your waves crash down on me I'll recall your safety scheme You're the one who made the waves And your son went out to suffer in my place And to tell me that I'm safe Why am I down? Why so disturbed? I am satisfied in you 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 I am satisfied in Okay, so in today's story, we've got, once again, Christianity is um, faced with embarrassment from a number of sides, uh, primarily from the uh, standpoint of Archbishop Philip Wilson, Mm -hmm. who has just been convicted of protecting um, the uh, pedophile priest James Fletcher, and yet to be uh, sentenced, but he is the highest... Um, ranking Roman Catholic in the world to face to, to, to receive a mm. conviction for child sex offences, and as a result of that, he has chosen to stand aside from his duties, I which think I fair. think is fair to begin with. But the question that I'm asking is, why isn't he resigning? Because one thing to stand aside is another thing to resign. Why isn't he resigning? And and more importantly, why is it that the Roman Catholic Church isn't annulling his ordination and defrocking him? Mm. You know, when somebody is convicted of a criminal offence, particularly an offence against children, which, you know, Jesus charged us with the protection mm. of children, um, that's part of our responsibility as Christians, then I think that, you know, we need to send a message. Yeah, definitely. And by not doing so, the message that we are sending is that we are continually continuing to turn a blind eye and mm. to downplay the damage that is done to young people in these kinds of situations. Yeah. And so I think that's I think it's embarrassing for Christianity. Yeah. Um, and it it, it 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 troubles me deeply. Yeah. So he has been convicted. He has. So by stepping down, what does that mean? Okay. So stepping aside. Or stepping means, aside. Sorry. Means that he is uh, until he uh, until he is sentenced, he is no longer. Um, Participate, you know, performing masses or any of the duties yeah. of the church, but he's still employed as okay. the archbishop. Wow! So he's still technically on the payroll. Yes, and he still technically holds that position. Oh, so he hasn't hasn't been removed from his position. He hasn't okay. hasn't resigned from his position. He still holds that position. He's just not functioning in that position so right now. Does that mean that he will one day again be able to function in that position? Is that what they're saying by just making him step aside? Or the, the assumption would be that if he does not. Um, if he is not um, 
if his ordination is not annulled and he's not defrocked um, or he is not removed from office, then once he has served his time, he can go back to his job. Oh, okay. And how long? How much time was he given? He hasn't. The sentencing hasn't okay. taken place yet. Okay. So whose authority would it be? Like come under to like remove his ordination or remove his. Title? That would go back to the Vatican. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to remember that the third highest. Um, Vatican official in the world right now is facing charges of uh, um, child sex abuse. Wow. Mm. So it runs in... It's the, it's endemic. It's endemic, in, yeah, in, wow. yeah, particularly in Catholicism, but uh, it, it's something that, you know, pedophiles do target churches mm. as being places where they can gain access and trust, yeah. access to children and trust of parents. Yeah. And so it's something that churches need to be, you know, infinitely more um, sensitive to yeah. than other institutions and, um, you know, churches and schools, obviously, and uh, and to really, really deal with it yeah. decisively yeah. when it happens rather than, you know, we, we just have this reputation of, you know, We've got this whole history of turning a blind eye to it mm. and sweeping it under the under the carpet, which has created terrible, terrible scandal against Christianity, and it has and um, damage to the people that are being affected. Yeah, and 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 this just perpetuates it. Yeah, it just perpetuates it, and it makes me upset. Yeah. The other story that is uh, coming out yesterday is that um, August Holland. Um, has just been moved up the rung as far as sainthood goes. He was a Polish priest, died in 1948. Mm-hmm. And this is once again a story that um, yeah disturbs me a little bit. If you go back to the uh, history of the Second World War, um, the Vatican, which side was it on? I have no idea. Taryn's going to get a blank. I'm sorry. I love history. <laughs> Taryn's not into history no. at all. I, I, you know, when I was thinking about the story this morning, I thought I'm going to get Taryn on. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah. Okay, so the, initially the Vatican supported the Nazis, uh-huh. and then it changed to sides later in the war when okay. it realised that they were losing. Um, in fact, if when it realised they were losing, the Nazis were losing. Not necessarily because they didn't like what they were doing, just because they were losing. Well, the Nazis were very anti-Semitic, okay. anti-Jewish, okay. and if you study the history of Catholicism, it is yeah, very, very anti-Jewish. Okay. Um, wow. And so you've got, and and the thing is, okay. So, Things have changed, and praise God for that. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, Vatican II Council in, in 1960 um, changed their stand on that, so that they ceased to be anti-Jewish. Praise God for that. Yeah. But then, should we be turning people into saints who were anti-Jewish and so violently, violently, violently anti-Jewish that they were actually offered a job by the Germans uh, when they uh, invaded Poland? Wow. You know that that you know in a letter in 1936, this is a man who said, "Stay away from ha- from the harmful moral influence of Jews." It is a fact that he said this, and I'm quoting: "It is a fact that Jews are fighting against the Catholic Church, persisting in free thinking." Uh oh. Oh no. And are the vanguard of Bolshevism and subversion. And so this was um, somebody who was, uh, um, yeah, the, 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 the Germans extended him an offer to form a collaborative um, government. But this was not something that was particularly unusual for its time, um, although Francis has just decreed that he lived a life of heroic virtue. Oh. So, you know. Okay. But what you got to remember is, you know, when the German, invited, German army invaded Russia 
in, on the 22nd of June, 1941, Operation Barbarossa, that uh, Pius XII, the Pope at the time, mm-hmm. praised the invasion, and I quote once again, as high-handed gallantry in defense of the foundations of Christian culture. And 20 mm. million people died, most of them civilians, as a result of that. I feel like that just... So there's some skeletons in the closet, and yeah. we need to get skeletons out of the closet. Yeah. I feel like that just goes against what Christianity should be. Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. Okay. And uh, we need to shine a light on the past and to understand uh, what history is actually revealing to us. Having said that... Yes. If you want to be a saint, Taryn, the good news is uh-huh. you don't need to go through a beatification process. You don't need to be dead for a long time. Why not? You can be a saint right now. What? Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, I think you are. Oh, thanks, Lyle. Absolutely. Well, hey, don't no, thank me. Thank God because he is the one who makes you a saint. It. Anyone, according to the Bible, yeah. who gives their life to Jesus Christ yeah. is counted as a That's saint. That's right. And you can be a saint today, dear listener, uh, just by giving your life to Jesus. We're going to listen to Chelsea Moon at this particular time with When I Survey.
Welcome to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. And can I just say happy birthday to the Queen? Oh, yes. We love the Queen's birthday here <laughs> because it means a public holiday. It is a day off for most of us, I want to say. And we also are having a day off. Yes. Which means we're not here. No. You yeah. are going to be listening to The Favourites today yeah. uh, without us. Yeah. We recorded this last week and we hope that you enjoy Monday of Favourites. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day. fly that's the way i always feel when your love melts away my fears for i had inside troubled my mistakes i wanted to hide how could i be alive for you i'm as light as a bird for you
here on Faith FM. We have a very special guest who's joining us in the studio, Krista Heath. It's uh, not, uh, it's unusual for us to have a model joining us, but we're super excited <laughs> to have you here. And, and if you want to have a sticky pic of what a supermodel looks like, you can check out, we are live streaming on our Instagram right now. So jump on Instagram, Faith FM Live. Um, that's our handle, and you can uh, see us doing this live as we speak. Okay, so before we get into the interview, Krista, I just wanted to play a, uh, a little bit of a snippet from um, Jenny Atchison, who, Jenny Atchison, the uh, state member for Maitland, uh, who was speaking in Parliament just a uh, couple of days ago. And I think this is a great introduction to what we're going to be talking about today. So let's just uh, play this right now. I rise to recognise Krista Heath, who's been selected to represent Maitland at the Ms Grand Pageant Australia in June. This year, Ms Grand Australia has chosen to campaign to stop violence against women by raising funds for UN women. However, rates of violence against women in Maitland have risen to terrifying highs, with statistics this year showing Maitland has experienced the highest growth in apprehended violence order applications in this state. In recognition of this epidemic, Ms Heath is chosen instead to support Carrie's Place, a refuge in East Maitland. As Shadow Minister for the Prevention of Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, I am intimately familiar with the crucial support Carrie's Place provides to women and children fleeing violence. By looking to her local community, Ms Heath, Ms. Heath has recognised the magnitude of the problems in our own backyard. Even more, she has decided to make good use of a new platform and lend her own strength to overcoming them. I extend my heartfelt thanks to Ms Heath for her display of leadership and compassion, and I wish her every success in June. Okay, so that was uh, Jenny Atchison in uh, New South Wales Parliament uh, congratulating Krista. Krista, congratulations on... Uh, did you know that Jenny was going to be talking about you? No, I just got a phone call when I was at work and I, I couldn't answer it and I had a message left and then I just listened to it when I got home and she's just like, oh, it's just me from Jenny Atchison's offices. I've just, uh, I want to send you this letter of congratulations and speech and I was like, a speech for what? And then uh, <laughs> I later called them back up on Wednesday and they told me all about it and how this video was up and I was like, what? I was, it was really cool. Yeah, fantastic. Well, congratulations. That's great. And of course, you're an entrant in the uh, Miss Grant Australia pageant and using that as an opportunity to talk about uh, domestic violence. When did you become interested in the issue of domestic violence? Um, I think for a very long time, obviously working in early childhood, that plays a major part in in my role in helping families. So what exactly do you do in early childhood? I'm a preschool teacher. So I work with the children transitioning to school. So uh, yeah, so I work from um, ages three to five and I just help them out, get them ready for school, get them prepped, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you also come from a large family. How many How many are in your family? Ten. There's ten Whoa, in your family? Ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tell me about your uh, your foster brothers because I, I think that that would probably give us um, a little bit of an insight into, you know, maybe where you've learned about, you know, domestic violence and, you know, um, troubled um, children and so forth. Yeah, definitely. So, um, it was probably when I was 13, my parents decided they wanted to become foster parents. My parents always wanted a really big family, but due to some complications they were only able to have four, which is still a lot, but they wanted, <laughs> they, they still wanted more. So, um, yeah, they just they met a friend of ours when we were younger and they were foster carers and they got my parents really excited and into it and then we just became foster carers. And I think it was like a couple months in, they were like, we've got some children who need to be placed for emergency care and they ended up just staying with us. So we um, have four at the moment, which is really exciting. Okay, so your four brothers, your four foster yeah. brothers, um, do they come from uh, you know, homes where domestic violence has been a part of their life? Oh, 100%. They definitely come from the worst of the worst, um, which is really sad and 
and you know it's a big struggle for them because you know they've seen all of this and they've been so affected by it and and unfortunately because when you're young like you learn the most in your life so whatever is taught is really ingrained so trying to rewire that and, and, and teach them that that's not okay is so hard they just they don't understand that that's something that's not all right it's crazy. Is that something that uh, can be successfully accomplished? You know, rewiring their brain to what was normal to, to a new kind of normal? Glad you asked. I just actually did a research paper on it and uh, a lot of the studies show that it's incredibly high. It's like, uh, it depends on severity. So like how long they were exposed to trauma, how, how bad, like, you know, their brain was damaged, if they had drug abuse or alcohol abuse while they were in utero or even like just abuse generally towards the brain area, like when they were younger. So it all plays a factor in, in a lot of cases. No, it's, it's, it's really hard to, even with intervention, they could progress, but never to, you know, that capacity of a child that hasn't experienced that. Okay, so this is a very serious problem then yeah. that we really need to be addressing. And, and, and by the way, I should, uh, I should mention that I do know your parents and I do consider them to be, you know, our, our local super parents. Well, they definitely are. They go through <laughs> they, a lot. They live, out, they live out in the bush. Um, you live out in the bush now too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just moved out there, which is, it's great. It's great. A long way to travel, but it is really nice. Good, good scenery. Yep, and uh, a great environment out there. Definitely. But uh, just doing an incredible job with your foster brothers. And, uh, yeah, praise God for uh, for what they are doing right there. Now, um, so what kind of – what kind of the, the effect of, you know, your foster brothers uh, um, with, you know, obviously the, the family history that they come from and being exposed to domestic violence and this kind of thing, um, what kind of behaviours does that result in? A lot of violent behaviour, a lot of like uh, rude, like talking, um, their kind of views of people is, is very twisted, like, especially people that might come from like another culture, like they're very negative towards them, unfortunately. Um, you know, to deal with conflict, they just end up like, swearing or hitting each other. They're, they're very, can at times be very violent and, and they can switch, like they could be just having a really good time and then just something happens and all of a sudden they just you know, switch over and they, they can't control it. it mm. It's it's very hard. Like their impulses are very strong, which is really sad to see because especially in a school environment, like, you know, they don't they don't cope with school. Like, you know, my oldest brother, he's been out of school now for almost eight months because he just he doesn't cope with the school environment and mm -hmm. you know the youngest one uh, one of the youngest ones we had just just got expelled because he just couldn't handle the situation and just lashed out and hurt another child and i mean it's not their fault they're beautiful children they just mm, they that's, are that's yeah. just what they've learned like they think that's normal mm -hmm. like that's all they ever knew yeah, sure. Okay, so um, Jenny Atchison mentioned that Maitland has one of the highest rates in New South yeah. Wales of, uh, was it an apprehended domestic violence Correct. order? yeah. That's really what sad. What is going on in Maitland? So um, Maitland is, is quite a low social economic area and unfortunately, like, um, just because it's just, you know, the same sort of families having children and then the children um, are living in that sort of environment even though they might get pulled out a little bit later, unfortunately, it might not be early enough and so that, that kind of behaviour and, and stigmatism and everything they've learned just continues on and it rolls over and it rolls over and unfortunately, Maitland is an area that needs so much support and, like, you know, we don't really, we get enough to support the families and the children mm. in it so we rely a lot on charity which necessarily doesn't always 
meet the needs of every every family and child. Sure, sure, sure. So you're supporting um, this charity called Carrie's House. Yeah. Tell us about Carrie's House and how you got connected with them and why you chose this as uh, as your charity to support. Yeah, definitely. So it was actually through our church. Um, there's a girl, a lady there, sorry, named Heidi, and every mm-hmm. year she collects, um, you know, sheets and, and towels and anything to take to Carrie's place. And um, when I was in this pageant, we had to uh, campaign for Violence Against Women, which the new... UN Women was chosen, but as well as campaigning for them, I, I really wanted to do something local, obviously being Maitland so high. Mm. And yeah, Carrie's Place was just, you know, I talked to um, the mayor's office and they're like, oh, we work a lot with them and, you know, our churches. I was like, okay, I've got a connection. And so mm. I just went from there and I, I called them up and that's how it got started. Fantastic. And so tell us a little bit about, a little bit, a little bit about Carrie's House. What exactly do they do and uh, what kind of an impact are they having on the yeah, community? Yeah, they're, they're just such amazing people. Like they're just, they're all so dedicated. So Carrie's Place is a um, domestic violence and homelessness um, organisation. So anyone that's experiencing domestic violence or might be coming or leaving a home and they, and they might be homeless, they just go to them and they will completely take care of you. They'll help you with your AVOs. They'll help you get out of that home. They'll help you recover like seek medical attention they'll help you with anything that you need so they're crazy they're do they ever have a do they have a just a question that comes to my mind do they ever have um, problems of violence actually invading Carrie's house and you know breaking out within there because of where you know these people have come from you know they've come from a, an environment where violence is normalized do they then carry that over across into um um look I, I personally don't wait there I have uh, from what I know is no because these women are placed in places where no one else knows where they are unless right. they've been told yep. so it's very secretive um, even to find where Carrie's place had offers like it's it's known but you wouldn't you wouldn't think it's there like it's very discreet right yeah yep so they're very very um serious about their yeah their securing and everything is is really well done yeah and uh what would make carrie's house different from you know is this just sort of like just any other refuge out there or has this one got some um you know some peculiarities that make it different uh they've got a lot of support like all the community is there supporting them. They've got, like, obviously Jenny Atkinson supporting her, mm-hmm. which is the Shadow Minister for Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, which is, like, really high if she's supporting them. They're yep. obviously really good. But um, they actually work not only in Maitland but in Newcastle, so they're really well-known all around the Hunter Valley and Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think when I talk to them, they take care of over 150 women just between Maitland and Newcastle, and that's just emergency. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you're listening in and you are somebody who is suffering from domestic violence or or you're in a, an environment like that and would like more information either about Carrie's House or other refuges, then you can call us right here, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on Facebook and we would be happy to connect you with somewhere where that where you can get help. Let me talk about women in particular. Women seem to be um, you know, the greatest victims of domestic violence. Why is it, why, why is it that women tend to stay in violent relationships? Good question. I actually did a bit of research behind this one on my post and, you know, everyone's heard the saying when you're younger, oh, he's just mean because he likes you. It's something that's ingrained from so like so young. Mm. Like, you know, parents, you know, like girls get picked on from guys and, you know, parents try to help them like feel better about themselves so they might tell them that it's okay, they, they just like you, that's just what they do. But, like, it's not, it's not okay. And so all throughout their life they get told that it's okay they just like you or you know he's just showing that he loves you or you know he might just be a bit emotional it's just something that they just get reaffirmed and, and told consistently right and and so then of course you know it, 
develops into a violent relationship and they start to get beaten up. Correct. You know, the, the thing that goes through my mind is, you know, if 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 um if somebody hit a woman, then surely she would just leave on the spot. But that's not the case, is it? No, no. Especially when you've been taught that all your life that that's okay. Like, I mean, if no one's ever told them that it's not okay, how do they know that it isn't? Okay, so is it ever is it ever okay in any kind of circumstance for? Um, a, a, a man to hit a woman, you know, let's say that he's tired or drunk or, you know, um, you know, provoked or something like that. You know, every relationship has its stresses. Is there ever an excuse? No, never excuse. It's never excuse for anyone, even if it's a girl. Like, she shouldn't be hitting anyone either. Yep. Like, it's, it's a plain right, downright no for anyone. Yeah, and that was my next question. Is, yeah. it, is it okay for a woman to hit a man? No. Does this happen? Yeah, it does. Like, domestic violence doesn't, doesn't happen to women. It happens to children. It happens to men. You know, anyone in same-sex relationships. Like, that, it just happens everywhere. Like, it's not just localised to one person. Okay, so let's say that you're in a relationship and your relationship's been going well for, you know, for some time and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're really into this relationship and, you know, something something really bad does happen where, um, you know, a, a person is super stressed out, um, terrible circumstances, uh, and you get hit. What do you do? Uh, well, I everything's, would... everything's gone smooth for the last, say, three years. You get hit once. Get hit once, it's probably going to happen again, unfortunately. It doesn't just start with one. If that they've done that, yeah, it might have taken some time, but it's, it's going to happen again and again and again. And, mm-hmm. and if you stay once, that's telling the other person that you're okay with that and, and that's not okay. So I would suggest that you go seek help somewhere else and, I would, yeah, I'd really try to get it. And I know it's hard, like, you sure. know, you've been with them for so long and you don't understand it, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's not okay in any situation. Yeah, I really support what you're saying here. Um, because, you know, I, and, and I think this is one of the problems is that, you know, people, they, they create excuses in their mind like, oh, you know, it was a really stressful situation and he just lost it and he wasn't really thinking straight or, or she, you know, or mm. whoever it might be. Make excuses like this and yet um, the first person, that, the first time somebody gets hit is the time to leave. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and we need to make that very, very clear. And so if you are in a relationship and you are being hit, um, if there is violence in that relationship, then you need to leave today. And there are people out there such as Carrie's House yeah. that can help you. There's also Compass. They're uh, another organisation that helps with like um, housing. So if you need a house straight away, you can call them up and they'll, they'll sort it out as well. So there's, mm. there's quite a few organisations. And I think it's also really important to remember that domestic violence isn't just like, you know, abuse in regards to hitting. It's also verbal. It could be like manipulative. It can be emotional. It, it comes in a lot of forms. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a whole different uh, subject there because, you know, we were yeah. talking about domestic violence and but there's there's whole emotional it's, it's violence all included. And yeah, they're really starting to pull it all together. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, now um, how normal is it? Because you know, domestic violence has been something that has been normalised in today's society yeah. to some extent. How normal is it? How you know how widespread? is domestic violence. Unfortunately, it happens quite a lot, but in any circumstance, it should not be normal. And it's really sad that society has made it a norm because mm. it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd really stay away from normal. In fact, I would, yeah. say, I would say that it's not normal. No, it's, it's not. It's never normal. <laughs> it should yeah. never be normal, no. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, Krista. We've really enjoyed having you on the show today. If you indeed are suffering from domestic violence, give us a call here. We can help you out. We can put you in touch with people that can help you. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. We're going to have a song break and then we'll be back after the 8 o'clock news.
shadows deepen 